Welcome into another edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Glad to have you alongside on this snowy Thursday as I tape this. But of course, because it's snowing outside, what better to talk about than baseball? And not all of it's great news uh, as you've been following the Corbin Burns saga. But uh, listen, every year when I was a kid growing up, and if you grew up in the upper Midwest and you grew up a Brewers fan, you can probably relate to this no matter how old you are because the weather's always crap in February uh, here in Wisconsin. But then you start to see just some signs of life. You're past the holidays, the calendar has turned from the year prior to the next year, and you know that around mid-February, pitchers and catchers are going to report. When I was a kid, uh, when I was very young, it was Sun City, and then as I got a little bit older, it was Chandler, and then for the last, uh, let's see, 20-plus years, gosh, 25 years, I think it is, uh, they've been going to Maryvale, now American Family Fields of Phoenix, but still in the Maryvale neighborhood, but they've been there for a long time, most of their uh, history as a uh, Major League Baseball franchise. But you start to see some of those pictures emerge. And, you know, when I was a kid, uh, having a color picture in the newspaper was a, a big deal. Now it's obviously fairly commonplace, uh, but it's more commonplace to not even have a newspaper. You see them uh, from some of the reporters that are down there and have been down there for a while. Todd Rosiak from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Adam McAlvey, MLB.com, Sophia Minnert. Uh, she's down there as well. Jeff Levering, uh, he's going to make his way down uh, as well. But, you know, the, the usual suspects that are uh, usually in Phoenix around this time of year. And you start to see that green grass and you start to see the sunshine and you start to see players out on the field playing a summer game. It's one of the great parts about the four seasons. It's one of the great parts about living in a place that, you know, there is kind of a rhythm to what the year holds. And I've always kind of held on to that, even when I didn't live in Wisconsin. I I lived in Texas, not for very long, but I still lived in Texas where there really aren't that many seasons. You have a bit of what I would consider a, a, a fall that goes into a very long summer, which goes into a spring. And then there's that kind of cycle. Uh, here in the upper Midwest, we've got four very distinct seasons. I, I think the calendar has shifted a little bit. Um, winter doesn't start, I don't think, until after Christmas nowadays. But nevertheless, um, and and winter hangs on much too long. You're not going to see the snow melt now until into April and really fully melt sometimes into May. Um, I remember when I was in high school, the 1990 May 10th snow blizzard, which actually happened once. That's something that, uh, you know, still to this day, so many years later, I I remember the date of it because it was so rare. But the the point is, it it gets warmer later in the year, but also stays warmer later in the year than in years past. But I feel like that's an over explanation of, of how much I love spring training. Don't love it as much this year, though, for the Brewers. And there's a couple of reasons why, but the biggest reason is that the Brewers and their best player, and maybe the best player that they've had for a long time outside of the two seasons that Kristen Yelich was an MVP caliber player, won it in 2018, could have won it in 2019, uh, but... You know, Ryan Braun was a great player for a long time, but Corbett Burns has been this heaven-sent team savior that they had been waiting for for so long. Wins the Cy Young a couple of years ago. Last year leads the National League in strikeouts, takes the ball every five days. He is your clear ace. 
we all know how the baseball arbitration process works. And relatively speaking, baseball players are indentured servants to a certain extent. Yes, even a minimum major league salary is more than 99.9 of us will ever make in a year. That having been said, with the money that some players are making in Major League Baseball, whether it's Garrett Cole, whether it's Mike Trout, some of the high-paid players that are making into you know deep into the nine figures, uh, the Manny Machados of the world, for example, the uh, even the Christian Yelichs uh, of the world, but you you kind of pay for that on the front end. You make much less money in the first three years, a little bit more in the next three years of your major league career because of the arbitration uh, process that has been in place for a long time in baseball. And then after that, when you reach full free agency, then you can make whatever the market dictates. And that's obviously where Corbin Burns is headed. And I think the Brewers knew that that's obviously where Corbin Burns has been headed for a long time. But two years ago, Corbin Burns won the National League Cy Young Award, the first Cy Young Award that the Brewers have won as a franchise since 1982 when Pete Vukovic did it. There have only been three Cy Young Award winners in the 50-plus year history of the franchise. In other words, Corbin Burns is pretty important to what the Brewers are hoping to do in 2023. And Corbin Burns, if they don't sign him to a long-term deal, which seemed even before this whole process played out, pretty far-fetched. But now there's a dagger right in the middle of it. You still want him happy because you want him to go out and perform to get as high a value as you can, either at the trading deadline in 2023 if the Brewers are not contenders, or at the end of the season if they were contenders, and even if they did advance as far as they could possibly advance hopefully in the postseason, pie-in-the-sky World Series. Pie-in-the-pie-in-the-sky World Series championship. But I, I think that's very going to be very difficult for the Brewers to do this year. But they have a shot because their pitching is so good. But you want those pitchers to go in to the season with a good feeling. Well, that's not happening this year with your best player. Certainly your best pitcher and the best pitcher that you've had in a generation. The Brewers filed for arbitration, or Burns filed for arbitration because he he and the two sides couldn't get together. The Brewers and the player couldn't get together. So then you file blindly, if you will, with the arbitrator. The Brewers filed an offer of $10.01 million. Burns filed for $10.75 million. Now, these numbers, while they're submitted blindly... We all knew what the numbers were. And there's also a reason it's not unusual for a player to file for arbitration. It's pretty regular. It happens every single season. And, for example, this year the Brewers had 11 players file for arbitration. That is part of the process. But what also is part of the process is that you settle with these players. Ten players this year settled with the Brewers for whatever dollar figure the two sides could come to terms on, except for Corbin Burns. Now, they've already gone through this with Josh Hader once before. Now, speaking of Josh Hader, he plays into today's news as well, because what happened last year at the trading deadline? The Brewers were contenders, but yet still they felt, for whatever reason, that they needed to trade Josh Hader at that time to the San Diego Padres. 
And we all know what that did to the Brewers. It decimated their clubhouse. And it gave everybody a bad feeling about the direction of this franchise. That's not from me. That's from everybody. That was from David Stearns after the fact. That was with the players during the process. And it was certainly the case with you, the fans. After the mea culpa, after that, well, I guess we kind of screwed that up. You had hoped, we all had hoped, that this franchise, by the way, I might say, a model franchise when it comes to small market baseball, a team that had gone to the postseason four straight years, had come within a whisper of going to the postseason last year, and when that streak started back in 2017, also missed the postseason by just the, the thinnest of margins. So this was a team, a franchise, in small market for Major League Baseball, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, that could have had a postseason appearance in six straight years. They just barely missed that. That's pretty damn remarkable. What this team has done over those six years is they've overachieved. They've had, I think, for my money, the best manager in Major League Baseball in Craig Council. They've made shrewd trades and found players in non-traditional ways. A guy that just retired, Eric Thames, who was a, listen, it was a bright star when he came to Milwaukee, and yeah, it burned out pretty quickly. But the Brewers, for what they paid for Eric Thames, got so much bang for their buck. I also know that things didn't necessarily end well with Lorenzo Cain a year ago. Not even a year ago, less than a year ago. But when he was first brought in, you know, a five-year, $80 million contract, you knew that there was going to be a tail end, that you were going to be kind of paying for Lorenzo Cain up front a little bit more. And that's basically what happened. And then, you know, I, I know that he didn't like the way that things ended with the Brewers, but the bottom line for Lorenzo Cain was a great clubhouse guy, um, a, a winner. He's got a World Series ring that he won with the Kansas City Royals, went to another World Series, an all-star caliber player, an all-star caliber guy for your clubhouse. But the bottom line is, sports is the ultimate meritocracy, and he wasn't performing. And that's unfortunate, but that's the case. That's what happened uh, with Lorenzo Cain. The Brewers have been really remarkable at getting the most out of their guys, and that includes Corbin Burns. And if you go back all the way to the 2018 season, Corbin had struggled a little bit, but that was also his first introduction into Major League Baseball. There was a thought among the 29 other teams in Major League Baseball, or at least not, not maybe not all 29, but certainly a number of them, that when the trading deadline rolled around in 2018, that, you know what, if the Brewers are going to go for it this season because they're in a position to push their chips into the middle of the table, maybe we can poach Corbin Burns... And that's the player that, you know, a lot of teams had kind of circled around. We're going to make the investment in the long term and get this player. If the Brewers are going to be desperate to add this bat or that arm or this guy or that guy to try to win a World Series in 2018. The, to the Brewers' credit, that was the one player, Corbin Burns, who was the non-starter. It's like, you can talk to us about just about anybody else on this team, not named Christian Yelich, but also not named Corbin Burns. We're going to hang on to him. And there's a reason, and they were right. The Brewers have also developed this pitching lab in Phoenix at the uh, American Family Fields of Phoenix 
complex, Maryvale, if you will. Nobody knows what goes on inside there, but they've been pretty great, more than just good, more than just adept. They've been great at churning out pitchers left and right. They've overachieved. I don't know what goes on in there. I'd love to know what goes on in there. So would 29 other teams in Major League Baseball. But that's kind of what made Corbin Burns and turned Corbin Burns into a Cy Young caliber pitcher. And maybe they knew that, you know what, he's not going to sign, so we're just going to nickel and dime him. Because that's what it looks like they're doing. After the Hunter Renfro salary dump, and let's be honest, that's what it was this past offseason. After that, the Brewers and Mark Adonacio kind of were getting this reputation of, well, you know what, they're going to they're try to do this on the cheap again. They're not that far away. So what, what are they doing? What are they doing here? I understand and have understood for a while that the likelihood of Corbin Burns signing a long-term contract with the Brewers is pretty small. Probably not going to happen. I think we all wish it would. There was the hope of maybe you can get Woodruff or Burns. Some pie-in-the-sky fans were hoping that they could get both. I didn't. I, that, that was never going to be realistic. Now you turn your attention to Brandon Woodruff and you hope that you can sign him to a longer-term contract if that's what they're trying to do. But all of that makes what is happening right now with Corbin Burns that much more head-scratching. Because if you are going to trade him, you need him to at least have a good feeling going into the season so he can perform at his best so you can get the highest yield back. And when these two sides filed for their, you know, the arbitration numbers that were so close, 10.75 million, 10.01 million, I mean, that's less than three quarters of a million dollars in a business now all of Major League Baseball, last year that generated $11 billion. That's, I would even, that's not pocket change, that's what you find in your couch cushions. And running a Major League Baseball franchise is a very expensive proposition. Mark Adonacio knows that. Every, every owner in baseball knows that. You would have thought, you would have needed to think that these two sides could come to some sort of agreement. Because we're not talking about Corbin Burns filing for $20 million and the Brewers offering 10 We're talking about the difference of one minimum salary in Major League Baseball. You're talking about the salary of your third-string second baseman for your best player. It's that that sticks in everybody's craw. The fact that they come couldn't come to an accord... On $750,000, which, again, is a lot of money to you and me, but not necessarily a Major League Baseball player. So the two sides can't come to an agreement, and it goes to an arbitrator. Now, David Stearns has stepped away from the Brewers as their president of baseball operations, and Matt Arnold is the new guy that's in charge. Now, Mark Adonacio, as we all know, he's the owner. He's ultimately the guy who's in charge. So these comments are attributed to Matt Arnold, but they may as well, because, listen, Mark Adonacio is a smart enough guy and as much of a baseball fan as he is, 
he knows arbitration. He knows what it takes to win and what it takes to not win. So these comments are from Matt Arnold. They may as well have been from Mark Adonacio. I will read them to you right now. This is Brewers general manager, Matt uh, Arnold, speaking with MLB.com's Adam McAlvey. Quote, Look, we and he both tried exceptionally hard to come to an agreement. To Corbin's credit, he has the opportunity to say no. We did what we could to avoid the hearing, if at all possible. As evidenced, I think, by the fact that we settled with 10 of 11 of our cases. That is our hope, that we settle all of these cases before we go to a hearing. We want to be solution-based. We always want to try to get to a place where the player is comfortable. And also, we respect the heck out of Corbin's right to push for what he believes is fair. Matt Arnold went on to say, He means a ton to our team, and regardless of the outcome, we want to treat our players exceptionally well. Corbin has been a leader for our franchise. He's been a pillar for the community. He has done everything you could possibly ask and beyond. We respect the process, and Corbin is a pro. We know he is going to take the ball every day and dominate every fifth day like he has for years, whatever the outcome is today. So that was Matt Arnold yesterday. Well, the Brewers won their arbitration case. By the way... In almost every situation, the team wins. When it goes to arbitration, the players almost never win. You would would have thought that the Cy Young Award winner would have had some arrows in the quiver and he would have won the arbitration case. That wasn't how it went down. The Brewers had the right to go to arbitration, as did Corbin Burns. A lot of the things that Matt Arnold said here sound okay. We did everything we possibly could do. No, 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 you didn't. You settled with 10 out of our 11 cases. That's great, but your most important player is the one that you couldn't come to terms with. And the gap between the two of you was nothing. That is our hope, that we settle all of these cases before we go to a hearing. We want to be solution-based. Do you? We always want to try to get to a place where the player is comfortable. Well, you didn't. He also said he means a ton to our team, and regardless of the outcome, we want to treat our players exceptionally well. Well, Corbett Burns, as the uh, team, the Brewers, had their first workout at Maryvale, American Family Fields of Phoenix. Well, he was asked by the assembled media, mostly Todd Rosiak and Adam McAlvey, You know exactly uh, how you feeling about everything that went down after you lost your arbitration case. You kind of find out your true value. You think you you work hard for seven years in the organization and five years with the with the big league team, and um, you get in there and basically they they value you much different than what you thought you you contributed to the organization. Obviously, it's tough to hear, it's tough to take, but you know they're trying to do what they can to win a hearing. Um, But I think there was obviously other ways that they they could have gone about it. Yeah, they could have. Matt Arnold, we want to treat our players exceptionally well. Does this sound exceptionally well? You kind of find out your true value. You kind of find out your true value. You kind of find out exactly what they think of you. The process is basically one where a team tells a third party everything they don't like about their player. And you can imagine how that feels to the player. There's no denying that the relationship is definitely definitely hurt from what perspired over the last couple of weeks. There was really no way getting around that. Obviously, we're professionals, and we're going to go out there and, and do our job and, and keep giving what I can every, five, every fifth day that I go out there. But um, you know, when some of the things that are said that 
you know, for instance, basically put me in the forefront of, of the reason why we didn't make the postseason last year. I mean, that's something that probably doesn't need to be said. Yeah, it really doesn't. From Matt Arnold, he means a ton to our team, and regardless of the outcome, we want to treat our players exceptionally well. There's no denying that the relationship is definitely definitely hurt from. Definitely hurt. He's been a pillar for our community. He's done everything you could possibly ask and beyond. Oh? There's no denying that the relationship is definitely definitely hurt from what perspired over the last couple of weeks. There was really no way getting around that. Obviously, we're professionals, and we're going to go out there and, and do our job and, and keep giving what I can every five, every fifth day that I go out there. But um, you know, when some of the things that are said that, you know, for instance, basically put me in the forefront of the reason why we didn't make the postseason last year, I mean, that's something that probably doesn't need to be said. We know he's going to take the ball every day and dominate every fifth day like he has for years. For Matt Arnold. Doesn't sound like it. That doesn't sound like what you said in front of the arbiter. There's a lot of blame to go around with the arbitration process. It's something that the players have accepted. It's something that the players originally pushed for. But what it is, is the team goes in. The player's going to advocate for himself. Sure. This is what I did. These are my statistics. Here's my trophy case. Here are all the things, here are all the categories I led the league in. And then the team tells the arbitrator in front of the player, if he chooses to be there, or his certainly says it, they say it in front of his agent, if you're the player, if I'm the player, I'd want to be in there. I want to know what the team really thinks of me. Again. You kind of find out your true value. Exactly. And when the team is telling the arbitrator, well, he's the reason we didn't get to the postseason, the team's job to win their case is to tell the arbitrator everything they don't like about their player. And then you try to get something out of it. Then you try to make that player try to feel good about what just happened. It's an impossible situation. It's a terrible non-solution to a problem. Again, here's what I would say to the Brewers. It's great that you settled 10 of your 11 cases. Usually you settle when they're, I mean, and 11 is pretty typical. 10 or 11 cases every year filed, that's that's not unusual. You usually, though, settle all of them. And when it's your best player and you're arguing over peanuts, just settle it already. The PR fallout from this is worth 10 times what three quarters of a million dollars is going to be. Your entire fan base thinks you're cheap right now. That's not me, the talking head, saying it. That's your fans. Those are your paying customers that right now, if you're the Milwaukee Brewers, if you're Mark Adonacio, These are your fans that are telling you what they think of you right now. As evidenced by what your star player is saying to them right now. And Burns understands the process. But I think there was obviously other ways that they they could have gone about it. I've been a little more respectful with the the way they went about it. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, here we are. Um, You know, they they obviously, they won it. but it, it, when it came down to, to winning or losing the hearing, it was, it was more than that. Still lost. That's the, that's the shame in all of this. When you go to arbitration with your player, 
even if you win, you lose. Because that player is now pissed off at you. That player now feels like you don't have his back. And the fans who have cheered for not only your entire franchise, but this superstar, they feel like you as an organization don't have his back. First it was the Josh Hader thing. Now it's the Corbin Burns thing. And on top of all of this, it's happening on the same week where the governor is proposing, I would say gifting. I think there's... It's more nuanced than that. There's certainly a return on the investment, and I don't have a problem with but By the way, I will say I will always advocate for sports. I will always advocate for the Brewers being in Milwaukee for the rest of not only my life, but your life, too, and everybody else's that even hasn't been born yet. So I understand the $290 million going into uh, American Family Field. That is an investment that the state will reap back. But the optics are terrible that it's the same week that the governor is saying we can spend some of the $7 billion budget surplus that we have right now, $290 million of it, for the baseball team in Milwaukee. An economic driver, and I get it. I have, again, make it crystal clear, I support the governor's proposal. Uh, sports is always something that is a net positive for the community. And you add on top of that the jock tax, you will get that investment back tenfold. But the optics could not be worse right now for the Brewers. They've already taken a big fat L and the season hasn't even begun yet. And it's a self-inflicted wound. Just like the Josh Hader trade last year that didn't have to happen at that time. That was a self-inflicted wound. This is a self-inflicted wound. And I think the reason that people are so pissed off about it right now, the fans, the most important element of the Milwaukee Brewers Baseball Club, the fans... They believe that this team right now is doing it on the cheap, and they feel, the fans, feel disrespected. And it's up to the team, it is up to the Brewers organization to make them feel like they're not being taken to the cleaners as someone who not only invests their money, but invests... I don't want to get too Pollyannish about this, but... When you're a fan of a team, you invest more than just money. You invest your heart and soul into the whole thing. You invest generations of going to the ballpark and spending, you know, hours on end watching them on television or listening to them on the radio, talking about them on the radio. And you understand if you're a Brewers fan. It's like that ad that the uh, Brewers had so many years ago. With uh, Craig Council saying, hey, look, this isn't something we choose. This is something that we're born into, and we're all in this together. I think that resonated with a lot of Brewers fans because that's the truth. We are all kind of in this together. We all didn't choose it. We could all choose. We probably would choose right now if you're you choose to be a front runner. You'd choose to be a Red Sox fan in the last 10 years. You'd choose to be an Astros fan in the last 10 years. You'd choose to be a Yankees fan in the late 90s. You choose a big market team to throw your support behind because they have, at least with the uh, economic system that Major League Baseball has right now, you have a legitimate 
thought, a legitimate chance, a legitimate, hey, you know what, I think this is going to be our year, and mean it. And not have to think that, you know, a million different things have to fall your way. So when fans feel like they're being, I don't know, maybe lied to is a little bit harsh. Fans feel like they're being disrespected, certainly, right now. Just like Corbin Burns feels like he's being disrespected right now. Self-inflicted wound. That's what this is. $750,000. Again, in a business the size of the Milwaukee Brewers, $750,000 for your best player and a generational talent, it just seems silly. It just seems silly. And is part of it optics? Sure. But optics are important. Optics are really, really important. All right. I've said my piece. Corbin Burns has said his piece. Fans are certainly going to say their piece, whether they come to the ballpark or not, whether, uh, you know, the great thing, I've always said this about social media, the great thing about social media is that everybody has a voice. The worst thing about social media is that everybody gets their voice. Well, I, knowing Brewers fans as much as I think I do, having grown up here, this is a very loyal fan base, but it's also a very knowledgeable fan base, too. I mean, years and years ago, I think that, you know, if if a player was making $10 million a year and fans would never say, oh, he's being underpaid. But you see what's going on in the rest of Major League Baseball. You see the contracts that guys like, you know, Max Scherzer and Garrett Cole are, are getting. Pitchers that have done less in their careers in some cases than what Corbin Burns has done in the five years that he's been with the Brewers. Just a shame all the way around. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. Um, You hope for better days for the Brewers, and you hope that they stop taking these unnecessary hits because this could have been avoided, and that's, that's the shame of it all. This could have been avoided just with cooler heads prevailing, and I'm not sure that... Um, I'm not sure what kind of season you're going to get out of Corbin Burns. And if you don't get a great season out of Corbin Burns, when it does come time to trade him, whether they're going to try to do it at the All-Star break, or not the All-Star break, but the trading deadline, or after the season, you want to get as much yield as you possibly can get. You're not going to get fair market value. You are never going to get full fair market value, but you hope to do the best that you can. And now when they do trade him, it might seem like the Brewers are just trying to shed salary or shed potential salary because he is not cost prohibitive and wasn't going to be cost prohibitive next year. But you wanted to get the most out of him. All right. That'll do it for this edition of the show. Um, stay safe out there if you're listening in southeastern Wisconsin because there's a lot of snow coming down and probably another foot in the, what, 30 minutes or so that uh, I've been flapping my gums at you. But um, I'm going to try to scrape off my car in my driveway and <laughs> try to try to stay safe as well. Hope everybody has a good one. Stay safe out there. And, uh, hey, look, brighter days are ahead. Warmer days are ahead as well. We'll talk to you next time.